Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota on Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington. Home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. It's time for the Catholic Hipster Podcast with my dad, Tommy. And our friend, Sarah. I hope you like it. What up, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of the Catholic Hipster Podcast. I'm Tommy Ty, coming to you from the San Francisco Bay Area in California, and way across the world, well, the country, I guess, is Sarah Fabulous. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tommy. I guess sometimes we do feel like we're a world away. Definitely, yes. And not just in terms of distance, but also in terms of how the, the areas we live in operate i guess right uh, well yeah Atlanta, it's like a big city it's the same it's as a out big here city um also it just depends on the weather but i don't know what the weather's <laughs> like for you but it's pretty it's hot here. oh my god yeah. it's gonna be it's supposed to be 98 today and Ooh. uh another day like that tomorrow and we're gonna go camping in a tent in that heat tomorrow with our three children so let's do this um yeah i got nothing i was an appropriate response that was good uh <laughs> yep good luck uh I guess lighting a campfire, you'll need to stand like five feet away. <laughs> right. <laughs> Put a big block of ice in in the pit like they did in the early days. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, that'll be super fun. Always good for little kids to to experience some good family time like that. So, see, positive. Sarah, you had a really good idea on Twitter today. Ready? Go. <clears throat> okay. So, let me set the stage. No one steal this idea. <laughs> <laughs> so the other day I was talking to a friend of mine who has um, a small child. And when the new Brave Stadium, um, some of the parking is a little bit far away for people with small children. So I suggested like, hey, man, take Uber. That's how I get there. It makes it so much easier. It's the same price as, as parking depending on where you live. So like, just give it a shot. He's like, I can't take Uber because there's no car seats. And I was like, ah, I didn't think about that. So my idea is pro-life Uber. We'll come up with a different name for it, but pro-life Uber where there's car seats and you can choose how many car seats you need. So if you're a young family, maybe you have one kid, you just need one car seat. And so it's kind of like ordering the bigger cars, you know, where you can do like Uber X and then like Uber Black and Uber XL, but we'll obviously come up with really awesome names for it. Um, so like pro-life Uber with car seats. I totally, I totally love it. I think it's a great idea. We also would have to maybe treat the workers a little bit better than regular Uber does <laughs> just being, <laughs> being pro-life, you know? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I think, that, the, I think the drivers are okay. Cause I frequently ask them this question like, Hey, you like, know, you, you work okay? for Uber <laughs> and they're like, no, nah, we don't care. They pay us pretty good. And they just got tipping allowed. So they're all pretty happy about it. It's good. I'm it's, glad that you check in with them. It really shows your um, social consciousness as a Catholic. That's nice. You're like, cause you know, if they're like, if they're treating you bad as a worker here, I'm going to get out of the car. I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, I would, I would not use Uber. I'd switch to another yeah. service. So I always like to ask them, I'm like, are you happy as an Uber driver? They're like, yeah, man, I never made so much money in my life. I'm like, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so yes, all of you Catholics out there with vans and minivans and lots of car seats, this is your chance to hop on board and uh, drive other families around because there's nothing 
what else would you rather do than be in a car with lots of kids strapped into car seats? I mean, seriously, that's like heaven on earth, right? I mean, you get at least you get paid for it. (laughs) I mean, I would do it because I love kids. Um, so I would do it in a heartbeat. I'd be like, let's do this. And we'd just drive everywhere and I'd have popular kids songs ready to go on the radio. So we could have like singing sessions. This is good. I would be doing holy heroes because I'd like to spread the faith. You know, that's, it would just be holy heroes all the time, nonstop in the van. Would no you... matter. I don't care who's getting in the van. I don't care if it's like a atheist family of eight. Sorry, you're going to listen to St. Juan Diego's story dramatized by children on, on speakers. <laughs> oh, you're um, Muslim? Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Have you heard of St. Faustina? I don't <laughs> cool man <laughs> yes evangelization at all times that's right you're not that's gonna right. be doing a pro-life uber without trying to convert people for god's sake that's that right. would be a hard thing even being an uber driver you know like mm. it would be hard not to be like so like have you do you love jesus or oh you know, man i got the best uber driver when i came home from I don't know, somewhere a couple weeks ago. I can't remember what trip it was, but he was just the coolest Uber driver and he had a picture of Jesus on his dashboard and he just was so joyful and he had a little sign up too that was like, I'm happy because I love the Lord. And I was like, this is so cool. That's a good Uber to ride in, dude. <laughs> I was like, I really want you to be my permanent Uber driver. Can we arrange that? <laughs> oh gosh, I love it. So Sarah, we have like a, a serious, like real life, uh, Catholic big shot on the show today. It's pretty amazing. I know. Um, it's kind of crazy. People people contact us and they want real people on this podcast. <laughs> no offense to the 30 other people who've been on this show before. <laughs> That's right. No, we've had real you people You guys were also on. real people. Yes, we, we've had some greats. We've had some greats. But today we have a real life, you know, uh, apologist from Catholic Answers, Trent Horn who, if you've ever listened to Catholic Answers anytime in the last couple years, I guess, um, you've enjoyed him talking to atheists that call in and talking to pro-choice folks. I'd say that's kind of his wheelhouse. Um, and also talking to people that reject Catholic moral teaching, which is, you know, pretty much, I don't know, lots and lots and lots. I was going to say something like 98% of the world, but, um, <laughs> you know, that would be, I guess there's like a billion of us. We should all be No, let's go. Everything. Let's go with, this is super judgmental, <laughs> 50% of the Catholics in the pews. <laughs> But he does a fantastic job. I I enjoy listening to him on the radio. I'm sure everybody who listens to him does. He's an author of a bunch of books. He's going to be on to talk about his book, Why We're Catholic. Why are we Catholic? Because God is good. Agreed. A hundred percent. So let's let's hop off and my kids will say something and then they'll say something else. And we'll be back with the real Trent Horn. Woohoo. I think it's time for a break now. Now back to the Welcome back, everybody, to episode 31 of the Catholic Hipster Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the break and the voice of my young children taking us to break and bringing us back. What would this podcast be without them? As we said before the break, we are bringing on, yeah, right, Sarah, we're bringing on Trent Horn today. Trent Horn is uh, an apologist over at Catholic Answers, so much more beyond that, but that's definitely where I became uh, a fan of Trent's, listening to him calmly and uh, rationally defend (laughs) the teachings of the Catholic faith, and uh, most especially just theism uh, and the pro-life view. So, 
Um, we got Trent here. We're going to talk about his book, Why We're Catholic. And Trent, it's so nice to have you aboard. Thanks for waking up early with us. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Well, you've got a young kid, right? So seven o'clock is not really that early. No, not really. Early. Yeah, they'll they'll <laughs> be up uh, 6 a.m., 6.30. So yeah, not that early. Yeah, what is, I always imagine, it's going to be weird when my kids become teenagers because I can remember sleeping <laughs> in until one o'clock and I just don't, I can't even picture that happening anymore. Right. But it, it'll be an interesting ride as they grow up, I guess. And then you're going to be older, so you're going to get up even earlier. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but now that my dad is much older, he he sleeps in, which drives me crazy whenever we're visiting him. But uh, that's not why Trent's here. Trent, uh, you wrote this book, Why We're Catholic. It's been out for a little while. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what the book is about? Why don't you tell us a little bit about why you're Catholic? Sure. Well, I'm Catholic because the the Holy Spirit converted me and helped me to see the truth of the Catholic faith in high school. Uh, I wasn't a religious person, but I met Catholic students there and went to Mass with them. And then I started reading a lot about history and about science. And uh, it all really came together for me. And the next year I was baptized and received into the church. Uh, I wrote this book, Why We're Catholic, to have a good book to uh, give to others, especially those who are not Catholic, something that explains what we believe and why we believe. So the book's full title is Why We're Catholic, Our Reasons for Faith, Hope, and Love. And I really wish I had had a book like this during my conversion process that just, in simple terms, explained what we believe in a charitable way. And the book covers it in 25 very short chapters, covering things like why we believe in God, why we believe in Jesus, why we believe in purgatory, uh, why we hope for heaven, why we defend life. Uh, so all of that's in there, and it's something you can give to anybody, uh, whether they're Protestant, atheist, uh, not religious, or give to a Catholic that wants to learn more about their faith. Awesome. There's so many, um, you know— areas in which we can all improve as Catholics. So um, I know that I received a copy of the book and I flipped through it and I'm looking forward to being home for more than um, 30 seconds so I can actually sit down and read your book because um, all the time, especially even on Twitter, you know, people are asking, Tommy, I'm sure you go through the same thing, questions, um, you know, people I meet, especially because I'm not ashamed to tell my coworkers I'm, I'm Catholic and they're just always fascinated. So like this week I was in New Orleans and over beers one night, um, everyone wanted to just talk about why I'm Catholic. So thank you for writing this book because it, it just, it helps in so many different ways. Oh, absolutely. And it's those conversations, especially for Catholics when they find themselves in it, the book gives you a lot of uh, bite-sized or nugget-sized pieces of, of wisdom and knowledge to share with others, as well as really good stories. Uh, I include stories about the saints and other important Catholics, because sometimes people learn a lot more through those kinds of stories and examples. So the book is written in a way that it doesn't try to go over your head. It tries to reach everybody where they're at uh, in the, the broadest way with this important uh, good news. Yeah, it's awesome. So, you know, I just have to know, Trent, what is your secret to keeping so calm, cool, and collected when you're talking to people that maybe might come at you a little more aggressively? Whiskey. Um <laughs> 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 No, hey, we can get a job at Catholic Answers, Sarah. That sounds like a good setup. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Uh, no, I would say prayer and then uh, practice. I've had a lot of practice engaging people who are hostile. I used to do pro-life evangelization on college campuses. I would engage huge crowds of people on universities with a pro-life exhibit. So it takes practice to 
learn how to engage others. And the technique that I use, which is a Socratic approach, uh, where I try to ask a lot of questions, helps to diffuse situations. And I always try to remember that this person isn't an enemy. They're, they're someone who's mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I want to help try to lead them to the truth. But it's something that takes, you know, once again, you need a, a lot of prayer and a lot of practice to build this kind of approach towards other people in a loving way, especially when they can be hostile in return. Yeah, no, that's yeah awesome. I think it's it's pretty impressive. And I, I can't imagine being in your seat on the radio when I hear some of the arguments that people throw or just the like logical fallacies where they present an argument to you and then have no ability to see what you're saying, even though you say it three times in a nice way with analogies and things like that. I mean, for me, I would be like, all right, let's hang up. This is like not going anywhere here. Uh, but you do an amazing job to be able to keep calm and keep them engaged. And I think a lot of people that call in comment about the fact that they're not treated like like they're morons or something, they're treated respectfully. And I think that goes a long way. Even if they don't like agree with the point that you're making, I think that does stick with them that that somebody treated them respectfully. Right. Yeah. And I think people really appreciate that and they want to listen to that. Uh, this is one of the most popular shows uh, on Catholic radio. And I think one of those reasons that unlike other news shows or other, especially in the secular world of, of radio, you'll have people on call-in shows where the host, he just wants to essentially entertain his listeners and just basically humiliate a caller if the caller disagrees with him. And that's not what I try to do. I want to point out if, if this person is wrong, I want people to see their errors, but I want to correct them in a charitable way and engage in a two-way conversation so that people in real in off radio if their friends and family can have these same conversations. So I treat these radio interactions as a way of modeling how to talk about these issues with people in your regular life. Now, Trent, you've also contributed to some of the 20 questions or 20 answers books, right, for Catholic Answers. And those seem like really uh, perfect, handy-dandy things to break out, like, for example, when Jehovah's Witnesses come by or Mormons (laughs) knock on the door. Um, Or I think uh, just to be able to have those quick answers to questions about like abortion that the same exact question that people throw out or, or same exact response they throw out over and over again when they hear you're pro-life. So can you talk a little bit about those books? Yes, I can. So the 20 Answers series is a wonderful new series offered by Catholic Answers. There's, I think, over 20 booklets now. I've written a little less than half of them. And the goal with these little booklets is that if you sit down for an hour, even really like 30 minutes probably, you can be introduced to a topic and learn a lot about it. So I've written 20 answers booklets on Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, faith and science, abortion, the church, the Bible, uh, lots of different areas. The, the Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness ones, I think, are very important because it's nice to keep a few of those booklets near your front door when those uh, missionaries drop by or to give to others when you run into them uh, you know, out in public, out in the park, um, things like that. So uh, they're a great light introduction to these topics, but they're, they're not just fluff. I, I try to put a lot of good research into them, especially the Mormon and Jehovah's Witness ones. Mm-hmm. And those are available at our shop site at shop.catholic.com. Yes, I need to pick up the Jehovah's Witness one because we're here where I live uh, in the East Bay Area in California. There are Jehovah's Witnesses parked outside of our public library during all open business hours of the library. Oh, wow. And it is so bizarre to me because... I, 
it's kind of funny, like being a Catholic, I'm like, oh, I hate when those atheists want to like take down the Ten Commandments or, you know, want to take down this or that on public property. But then when I see Jehovah's Witnesses parked up at the library, I'm like, oh, get them off the public property. I think I have a I need to work on that. Probably. Uh, <laughs> that's that's pretty an illogical argument to hold both of those. No, but... it's yeah. And the, and the booklet on the Jehovah's Witnesses that I wrote has the last question as tips for how to speak with a Jehovah's Witness and how to keep the conversation on track, though I, I will warn you, I noted this in the booklet, uh, what's funny is you may be tempted just to give them this booklet, and you certainly should try to do that, but the Jehovah's Witnesses are actually told by their leaders at the Watchtower organization, uh, their, their ecclesial headquarters, they're not allowed to accept literature that's critical of their faith. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a very serious infraction to do that, so if they ever want to give you stuff, if you have your little booklet, you can say, well, I'll take your stuff if you'll take mine. And if they won't read your stuff, like, then well, I won't have why to would take I read your stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I haven't had any Jehovah's Witnesses come to my house since the last time, which was probably maybe six years ago when they showed up. And I just said to them I was Catholic because usually that chases them away quite often. But the guy who came, there was two guys and the guy who came said, oh, I used to be Catholic mm. and started telling me about why he left the church. Um, and it was so interesting because I didn't this was like six years ago, so I wasn't necessarily as steeped in arguments to use back then. But even at that point, I could say, well, what about the Eucharist? You know, and it was like his buddy who was with him was like, all right, time for us to go. And they left. They left like without right. uh, and they never came back. And as they were leaving, I said, hey, I'll pray a rosary for you and pray that Mary intercedes for you. And they just like rushed off the, down the sidewalk mm -hmm. to get out of there. But it's uh it's so interesting. What What is your thought about, because I guess it's like some people say things, I'm sure you've heard it a million times, right? Like, oh, I was never fed in the Catholic Church. I never had a relationship with Jesus, which when you understand Catholic teaching is so absurd and bizarre to hear someone say. And at the same time, I feel like um, what's going wrong? Like, what are we doing wrong as a church that people are missing that? Because if people really knew what was happening at Mass, they probably wouldn't leave, I would think, right? So yeah, I, I think a lot of it, sure. I think a lot of that happens with formation, and there's a lot of things I think the church could improve on and learn from the Protestant model. Frankly, for example, I think a lot of people have a hard time finding community at mass. They'll, you know, just kind of show up, go to mass. You don't really talk to anybody afterwards. You show up and leave. And there's there aren't a lot of things like Protestant churches do well, like small groups where people meet and go deeper into scripture and things like that. And, and there are church, Catholic churches that are doing that. They'll do things like uh, Little Rock Bible Study or the Great Bible Adventure Timeline, uh, other curricula from Ascension Press, things like that. We're hoping to create a curricula soon based on my book, Why We're Catholic. That could even be a great study thing right there. Get together once a week. Each chapter is only five pages long. You know, read it and talk about it. But so I, I think it's hard when people aren't catechized. They don't see the deeper meaning in the the rituals we do. And there's nothing wrong with rituals at all. Rituals can have very deep meaning for people. But if you don't know that, then they can become rote or mindless, and then you slowly drift away. So I think that's something we we as a church do need to work on. Is there, Does it seem like there's something, I don't know if this is just myself personally, so that's why I'm asking, but it seems like there's something private about our Catholic faith. Like, yes, we go to Mass, but, you know, at Mass, it's like really, even though it's a worshiping as community, I think a lot of people can see it. And I've seen it this way, too, is like this is my moment where I'm here with Jesus and I'm here worshiping God. Um, and I don't need anybody distracting me. I don't want anybody talking or looking at me or touching me during the sign of peace or anything like that because this is my moment. 
And I think that when I think of my own prayer life, like as an example, when my wife and I first got married and it was like, well, you guys need to pray together. Like that's what married people should do. Uh, For me, that was very uncomfortable. And even to this day, it takes a lot of effort for me to want to do that. And I think it's because I feel like being raised as a Catholic my whole life, I was kind of infused with this. It's just you, like it's a private thing. You pray to yourself, you pray with yourself to Jesus, like you, or, you know, you pray alone. You don't share your prayers with other Mm. people. Um, And I don't know if that's just me, but it seems like it kind of permeates maybe a worldview that we have. We just kind of like go, we go home, we don't talk to anybody. We grab the donuts and we go eat them in the minivan on the way home because we don't want to stand outside (laughs) and like chat with people. Um, I don't know. Is, Is there some sort of like private, we have some sort of like private problem in the Catholic faith or is that just me, my own private problem? No, I think people have different kinds of spirituality that are fostered when when going to mass or going home. And and frankly, prayer with other people is something that is very intimate. I know uh, Protestants are more apt sometimes to involve themselves in group prayer sessions and group prayer circles, and Catholics aren't as keen on that. But I mean, of course, we have to always look at that the mass is a large group prayer session. We gather together as community to uh, take partake in the sacrifice uh, offered to the Father of, of Jesus Christ. So there is a group element there, but it's just a different kind of group element than we might see in in other churches. And so creating parish resources so that people can you know break out of their shell with one another, I think is important. But you're right there there is um, sometimes it's okay if you know we don't necessarily always pray with other people in a deep way because prayer is a very intimate act and you have to establish a relationship with someone first maybe before you enter into this uh, worship of God with them. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I know from, um, at least at my church, we have very much the culture that Tommy was talking about where it's a come and go culture. Uh, Because we have one of the biggest parishes in in all of Atlanta. I go to the cathedral and um, the amount of families that say they go to the church versus the amount of families that attend mass or donate versus the amount of people that actually volunteer, those numbers just continue to get smaller and smaller. Um, And some people just go so they can get their kids into the school. Even the 80-20 rule would be generous, right? 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. I don't even think 20% of the people are involved sometimes Yeah, that, yeah, no. that kind of a level. I think you're right. I mean, we have 6,000 families, and I, w- I would say that, yeah, we don't have, <laughs> you know, that many families actively participating. <laughs> so we have some community building to do, and it's on us. I'm not trying to say that the church needs to do something because we're the church. So if I'm, if I'm blaming the, the church, it's my fault. <laughs> I totally recognize that. <laughs> So Trent, one quick question before we go to a break and and then come back to wrap things up. You guys are in San Diego, right? Or the San Diego area, East San Diego, I guess, Catholic Answers. And if I remember right, was it like last year or something when there was some wonky San Diego parish putting out some kind of crazy stuff um, that was, uh, I don't want to, like maybe political and kind of like really not in line with Catholic teaching on their politics. Do you guys at Catholic Answers like feel compelled to like, correct or or like (laughs) put out stuff to like let people know like hey whatever this uh, maybe bishop or whatever this priest is saying at this one parish in the bulletin is like kind of wonky and we want to let people know about that or is that not in your guys's wheelhouse well i think what we our mission is to explain and defend the teachings of the catholic faith so if there is something that a, a cleric is doing uh that's reached a notable level 
we may respond to that. And usually our response will be if what they're doing is going to cause people to misunderstand what the Catholic Church teaches. Uh, so, for example, I recently in a blog post responded to some of the arguments from Father James Martin in his new book, Building a Bridge. Uh, it's about building a <laughs> I bridge. I hope you between... offered it up. You, did you read that book? Because that would get you out of purgatory, I think. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I did read it. And in my blog post, uh, I take Father Martin to task for what I think are suggestions in the book. The book is essentially about his suggestions for how we should use language and respond to those who identify as being gay or lesbian, bisexual, transgender. And I think some of them are very, very uh, misleading and can cause people to misunderstand what the church teaches about this issue. And so I did respond to that, and so we do do that, but we, we don't see ourselves as the clergy police. Uh, we see ourselves as the those who explain and defend what the church teaches and respond to those who might misinterpret that, whether they're lay people or even some clergy. Yeah, and I mean, for in his defense, he's not always kind of off the rails all the time, but he's a very public figure, right? And so I think he he really gets out in the news a lot. And he's, uh, I mean, I think he does a lot of good stuff, but he's intentionally ambiguous a lot of times. And then when people call him out on it, he kind of will hide behind like, oh, well, I mean, I didn't exactly say that. Mm -hmm. um, and it yeah. seems pretty darn intentional. Yeah, but sometimes I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Well, I was saying, I, I, yeah, I found the book uh, that what, what Father Martin was putting in Building a Bridge he claims it's pastoral, and in my response, I said, no, it, it, it's not a pastoral approach, it's an ambiguous approach, and it gives ammunition, essentially, to those who would like to change the church's teaching on sexual ethics. Yeah, and I think in the in the long run, it does, it hurts the public image of the church because he, while people will see what he's saying and maybe be a little bit drawn to his message— I mean, then they see us saying, well, you know, it's he's not he's kind of missing this point or this point that needs to be said. And then people are like, oh, there you guys are again, just hating on everybody. You can't even like this guy's a priest and you guys are hating on him for what he's saying. And I think in the end, it doesn't like uh, necessarily draw people closer, but can make them think like, well, those people in the church are acting like jerks when Father Martin's trying to do the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, and that's why what we try to do is uh, respond in a charitable way. I mean, I note that there are good elements in his book, for example. Uh, but at the end of the day, just because someone is a member of the clergy doesn't mean that they uh, you know, are infallible. Even the Pope himself, his infallibility only extends to limited circumstances. Uh, speaking as a private theologian, he could even be in error in that capacity. So there, some of the biggest heretics, frankly, in the church's history were members of the clergy. Arius, who was the Arian heresy, is named after him, he, who was a bishop. So that's why, once again, we, our, our job, we don't want to always, you know, nitpick every single decision a pastor or a bishop is going to make. That's not our role. Our role is to defend the teachings of the church, and we'll interact with whoever is promoting them or discussing them, whether they're laity or clergy. That is a bad legacy for Arian. Too bad <laughs> to have to be remembered for that. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Sarah, should we take a break and then we'll come back and wrap things up with Trent? Yes. Cool. We'll be right back. Now back to All right, guys, this is it. It's your favorite part of every episode of the Catholic Hipster Hot, hot um, Podcast. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. Well, it's Saturday morning, so yeah, you know. I don't like that. You know what? It would not be an episode of the Catholic Hipster Podcast if I didn't do something awkward. So we're going to put Trent on the Catholic Hipster hot seat. Uh, we know that everyone just uh, really wants to enjoy that. Um, I don't think that Tommy and I can live up, Trent, to the callers that dial in on Catholic Answers with this hot seat. So it's a little bit different than having to answer serious questions. So put on your fun hat. I think I can do that. <laughs> All right. Try. So, yeah. Ask a question about the infinite regression of the multiverse or something like that, and we'll see what we get. <laughs> Dude, I have no idea what you even just said. So <laughs> I just made it up. It's not oh, even real. Okay, perfect. It's like the time that Steve the Missionary tried to talk to me about uh, black holes or some sort of like scientific research when we we're coming to visit you, Tommy, and go wine tasting. <laughs> That's right. When you guys were carpooling, he was talking about that, yes. huh? That's that was the, he's multi-talented. Yeah, the, we're the, lucky to have him working in our diocese. That's for sure. The Catholic carpool or whatever diocese he works in. I'm sorry. <laughs> Redacted. So Trent, um, this is just a very classic hot seat question. So what you just want to do is answer um, quickly and you know a uh, quick brief um, answer. So just kick it off. I love this question. Uh, margaritas, salt or no salt? I have I have to have salt when I'm wasting away in Margaritaville. Awesome. That's the correct answer, even though Sarah would disagree, but that's the correct answer. Trent, what's what's your favorite meat to put on your tacos? And if you respond with you're a vegetarian, then we're gonna have to log off on the interview. Uh, you know, I, I like the classic ground beef, but my sister-in-law introduced me to the walking taco, which is the ground beef mm-hmm. and the fixings inside a bag of Doritos. <laughs> Your sister-in-law sounds fantastic. She is. <laughs> That's awesome. That's super awesome. Okay, so you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you're a whiskey guy. Um, so what is your favorite whiskey? Uh, you know, I don't have a preference between Jack or Jim. So either okay. one, Jim Beamer or Jack, is 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 fine. So Neat or on the rocks? Uh, on the rocks. Okay, okay. I feel so. I feel like the one thing that makes me feel the least Catholic is the fact that I think whiskey's disgusting. I feel like that almost gets me like you know kicked out of the church. For okay, being a so my next business trip to the Bay Area, Tommy, I'm going to teach you. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll prepare my wife so she's ready to know that that's what's going to go down. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, let's see. Trent, uh, traditional Latin mass. I'm sorry, I want to get this right because you're from Catholic Answers. Extraordinary form of the mass or ordinary <laughs> form of the mass. Or both. We'll let you say both. <laughs> uh, depends on whether I'm in a guitar playing mood or not. Uh, when I need to rock out to the guitar, the Nova Sordo. Otherwise, uh, every now and then, like salt, I might sprinkle in the uh, the extraordinary form. <laughs> fantastic. That's fantastic. Do you guys at Catholic Answers have any awareness or follow the people at Nova Sordo Watch, that, that crazy website that thinks that the Vatican II Church is a heresy? Because if you did, I would think that was fantastic. Uh, I am aware of many of the church's critics, including those who strongly identify as being Catholic, but I have many other fish to fry before I have to, uh, metaphorically speaking, to engage those. Um, I'm up to my neck with Protestant fundamentalism and the new atheists. Then I can engage those who don't think we're Catholic enough. Aren't the aren't the new atheists like kind of boring though? I know we're getting off the hot seat here, but like whenever I mean, mostly the people who call you are new newer atheist kind of brand of people, and they it's like doesn't it get kind of tiring the exact same argument over and over and over again? And oh. like also like kind of oh I don't know how to say this, but it's like a very popular level view of 
of faith and lack of faith? The arguments may be the same, but the people are always different. And I think that's what you always have to keep in mind when you engage people on, on any subject, really. Good point. Well done. All right. Back to the hot seat. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> no, all good. Um, so this year, do you have a particular saint um, that's really been um, helpful in your spiritual life? Well, I always have my uh, my confirmation saint, my patron saint, uh, Saint Paul, uh, being a convert as well. Uh, but otherwise, I think um, you know Saint Lawrence uh, is what my wife is named after. I think has been very helpful. So all the holy men and women, are, I'm sure, helped me in one way or another. <laughs> saint Lawrence, right? Sarah connects to the. Uh, <laughs> yes, the that's right. That's why we call it the Catholic Hipster Hot Seat, Trent, because it's sponsored by Saint Lawrence. Oh, right. In the, hot, in the, the first one in the hot seat. <laughs> exactly. Literally. Trent, who has the messiest desk, cubicle, or office at Catholic Answers? Uh, I probably held that honor for a long time. <laughs> and now that I work remotely, uh, that is uh, that has been left. But I, I like to, I say that it's it's not messy, it's organized. It's just organized in a way other people can't decode. <laughs> I would never... I can't even imagine that you have the messiest desk or had the messiest desk. That that doesn't even square up with your manner of speaking or writing or anything like that. So it must be a, a wild organization. We we have our we work hard and we play hard. <laughs> <laughs> um so here we'll we'll round up with one last really, really important question. Do you like the beach or the mountains better? Beach. That's why I love the Catholic Answers is in San Diego. I gotta I gotta get my, my ocean fix. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go. Trent Horn, you're officially off the Catholic Hipster Hot Seat. I hope it wasn't that bad. Oh, I enjoyed it. Would love to be in it again. <laughs> Perfect. So Wait, Trent, where can people Oh go ahead, Sarah. No, it's fine. Sorry. I was gonna make a really terrible joke, so it's probably just better. I saved you. Yeah, I yeah, saved you did. I, I also save myself from terrible jokes on Twitter all the time. <laughs> deleting That's a really good function, deleting tweets before you send them. Typing them out and deleting them is the best. Just delete thing. the Twitter app like I did, man. Just delete Freedom. <laughs> so, Trent, if people are uh, interested in the book, interested in learning more about what you're up to, uh, where should they go? What should they do? I would recommend uh, they could get a copy of the book at shop.catholic.com. The book is also available at online retailers or if you just search for it on the Internet why we're Catholic, you'll be able to find it. Uh, but if you go to shop.catholic.com, what's awesome is only there, you can order the book in bulk. You can get 20 books for $60. That's $3 a book. It makes it really easy to give away or make it a gift at your parish or for a, a school or youth group. So shop.catholic.com is the best place to learn about why we're Catholic or about me. You can go to my website, trendhorn.com, or just visit uh, catholic.com to learn more. Awesome. Very good. You know, Thanks Tommy, for- Tommy, we've got yeah. some work to do with the Catholic Hipster Handbook because Trent is currently on one major online re- retailer, number one in books about ecumenic- ecumenism, number seven in apologetics, and number eight in Catholicism. Well, you know, I know we're still on pre-order, but 2,163 as the rank in books about Catholicism is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) We have some catching up to do. And Trent, I will tell you, uh, driving home from work one day, I've never heard anybody uh, make a reference to Mixil Pixelic or however you pronounce it from Superman. I think it's it's Mitzel Pitzlick, yeah. Very good. Yeah, I was actually reading an easy reader Superman book with my kids that week that had that character in there. So I was... uh, I felt very connected to the crew at Catholic Answers with that reference. (laughs) Always glad to help out. 
<laughs> Trent, it was wonderful having you on. Have a wonderful weekend with your family. <laughs> you too. Thanks, Trent. All right, guys, I don't know what you think, but that was pretty <laughs> awesome. That was a pretty awesome episode. I'm an idiot this morning, so really sorry, Trent, that I had absolutely nothing to say and nothing productive to say. So um, I will be sure to get up and drink coffee earlier next time. Sorry, Tommy. You did fantastic. You did great. It was a good interview. People should go buy this book and find out why they're Catholic, for God's yes, sake. Yes. Let's find so, out. Right? I will include um, links in the show notes for you guys. Um, so please, please support um, any of our guests that come on, um, particularly the good work of Catholic Answers. Um, if you guys have never heard of Catholic Answers before or never visited Catholic.com before, um, I'm, I'm absolutely not kidding when I say it is one of my go-to websites. Um, I visit there quite often, um, especially when sharing links uh, with people who ask questions like, why do we call priests father when Jesus said, call no man father? And why do we believe what we believe? So um, definitely go peruse, check it out. Um, be sure to buy Trent's book. Um, and while you're shopping, be sure to pre-order the Catholic hipster handbook because Tommy wrote it. And buy Sarah's book. It's sitting out there waiting for you to buy it so you can get recipes for beer and learn about the history of alcohol in the church and how to evangelize. Lots of people are stealing your brand, Sarah. I have to point that out. And they need to be sat down and told to stop it. Every time I see an article about evangelizing with alcohol, I just want to – and I click on it. And then I see it's written by somebody I never heard of. I want to shoot them an email and tell them to sit down. Do it. That's I'll the pay, truth. Can I start paying you I'm to do that? No, it's free. That's charity. <laughs> oh, that awesome. Yes. Well, you know, people are just picking up and carrying my torch. I started it, but now I've got to focus on um, on some other things. Real life. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, real life. Uh, so, so you know what? It's God is good. Uh, we're Catholic. So this is we're all one big community and everyone can help push us along. The gracious Sarah Vabulous. <laughs> if you want to uh, follow me for some reason on Twitter, it's at the GH is silent. But I would recommend you follow Sarah instead. <laughs> yeah, you, you can hear such um, interesting tidbits <laughs> like the time that I tried to yell, Alexa, turn off all lights in my hotel room. And it didn't work. This is a true story. I actually did that, Tommy. I actually it did it. It made the chimney. It was <laughs> on the chimney. I hope you great. were proud. I was so proud because <laughs> I actually, actually did it. I, I got back in my hotel room. I was in bed. And I was like, Alexa. I'm like, oh, no, there's no Alexa here. This is the saddest. So cool that is so cool and it's it's crazy how technology has led us to just a little bit higher than the clapper from when we were kids i love that uh, yes when we were kids i got my brother the clapper a couple of years ago for christmas they still have the clapper oh I'm, I'm yeah impressed. oh yeah so everybody you know this is just dropping knowledge that you wouldn't get anywhere else so you're welcome world um thank you again for for listening thanks to trent for coming on um, and do, you know, support Tommy um, and his new book coming out. Um, I Sarah, Sarah wrote like I, a bunch of it. I wrote a couple chapters and I'm pretty proud of it. So um, I, I'm excited and uh, always great to catch up, Tommy. Thank you guys. Um, and we will see you on social media or something. That's right. Go to Mass, you heretics, and have a nice weekend. <laughs> Take care. God bless. any idea what episode this is supposed to be i know we have two in the can um let's see so the 20 um what were the recording dates on these okay so this should actually be episode 31 <laughs> i think <laughs>
I mean, we've skipped episode numbers before, so. <laughs> but yeah, I do think it's supposed to be 31, so. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.